This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. Dell for Entrepreneurs is here to help your business scale faster through technology. Reach out to startups at dell.com for a free IT consultation. From laptops and desktops to servers and cloud, Dell Technologies is there for you. Up today, the secrets to how Flowdesk bootstrapped to 5 million ARR in less than a year with Martha Batar, CEO at Flowdesk. So let's talk about how we bootstrapped Flowdesk from zero to 5 million ARR in less than a year. And it probably makes sense to share what we do. So Flowdesk is an email marketing tool that makes it ridiculously easy for you to design emails people love to get. And here's the founding team. So Rebecca, who heads our product, is a designer by trade. Uh, she used to design for rock stars like Linkin Park and Rihanna. And Trung uh, probably looks familiar because he's already built a couple of companies and he's already exited a couple of product companies as well. And I'm not your typical founder, uh, at least not statistically. I started my career in sales. I am not a developer. I am a Mexican woman and I did not raise any money for Flowdesk. We actually started Flowdesk as a side hustle. And yet we are at 5 million ARR in less than a year. We've taken zero funding. So we own 100% of our company. We're growing 15% uh, month over month and we have almost zero churn. So the question is, how did we do it? And I'll be sharing a couple of things from our playbook. I'm sharing in full transparency, hoping that you can grab as much as you can and apply it yourself as well. But it really boils down to one key thing that we did and it is that we chose our customer. And in talking about how we bootstrapped to 5 million ARR in less than a year, we should probably talk about why we bootstrapped first. So as I mentioned before, we chose our customer very early on. We knew who we were going to build this for. And we also made a decision very early on that we wanted to capture that customer's validation before we got that investor's validation. So we also knew that time spent talking to investors would be time spent away from that customer. So we just decided to optimize for customer time early on. And that actually turned out to be our biggest secret. We found founder market fit and founder market fit meant that we knew our customer very well. And in a way we also wear our customer. So before building Flowdesk, I spent time working at HoneyBook where I served specifically small business owners, creative small business owners. And Rebecca and Trung were building a business called Gallery where they were selling email templates for small business owners as well. And we were part of this community. We were friends with other creative business owners and we knew their pain because we felt that pain too. And we knew the solution because we would use it too. And that was key to how fast we were able to build these. And one thing we found was just true across the board that regardless of where you are in your journey, whether you're just at that idea stage and you're coming to get that knowledge of like, what is the best way to start? Or maybe you already created an MVP and you already have it in the product, or maybe you're already scaling, right? And growing super quickly, wherever you are deeply and intuitively understanding your customer will move the needle for you. 
a crazy story that we had uh, early on as well was when we were launching self-onboarding, this was exactly a year and a week ago, we realized that we needed a website because we couldn't expect people to sign up for a product if we didn't have a website. And typically companies will hire an agency and they'll run some data surveys, right? And we, A, didn't have time to do this, but we also in a way knew intuitively what we needed to write in that website. And we didn't create a website. We ended up creating a landing page and just staying up that night. And that website uh, just reflected the questions that we knew our customers would ask and what they wanted to see before signing up for a trial. And yes, eventually we're going to build a real website with like many pages and more information. But that landing page, that single landing page converts at 12.75%, which is 10.75% more than your average SaaS visitor to free trial conversion, right? So the point is, if you know, if you really truly try to deeply understand your customers, then you're going to know intuitively as well, like how to resonate with them, what to say, what to build, and it's just going to save you a lot of time. Here's just to break it down further. You have your traditional startup story, right? So it typically starts with a founder who has an idea, right? All of a sudden there's this light bulb moment and they want to test their hypotheses around that product by creating an MVP and a minimum viable product. What, what is the least amount that we can build to put out there and get validation? And when they build this product, they typically put it in front of a customer segment and this customer segment can change, right? or it might say the same, and this process goes back and forth a few times, right? You put it in front of your customers, you hear what they have to say about it, and then you iterate based on that, and you go around a couple of times. The truth is 90% of startups fail at this point. Like, they just don't make it past this point. And then from the rest that do, some find product market fit, and then they scale. Now, let's talk about what happens when you have founder market fit. When you as a founder, are your customer or when you know your customer so well that you're almost in a way building for yourself, you intuitively know what you want to build and you already know who you want to build it for. So chances are you already know where to find those customers that you can call and you can get feedback from right away. So this speeds up the process a lot. And then when you finally build something, you've already had all of those conversations, all of that validation in the works because you have founder market fit and you build something that people love and then you scale. Right, so it saves you a lot of time. So for us, once we realized, hey, we're moving really fast, and a lot of our friends that founded a company at the same time are not, why? And we realized that it was because we picked a customer that we understood, then we realized that we needed to get better at this all the time, every day. And by getting better at it every day meant hey, let's make sure that as we grow the company, we're also getting better throughout every single team, every single department, that this is a muscle that we're really truly working out. So to do these, we created a workout routine that is just a series of repetitions of things we do every single day so that we can get better at understanding our customers. And it really, I mean, it has to start with talking to your customers one-on-one -on -one all the time. And by all the time, I mean every day. Talk to your customers every single day and ask them why. And just as important is to talk to customers who already left, who are no longer using your product and ask them why as well. 
we hang out where our customers hang out. So very early on, we knew that our customers talk to each other online. So we created a community on Facebook where they could have these conversations. And we just, we hang out there and we also hang out in the forums where they live so that we can make sure to continue to be always in the know of what they're really thinking and feeling. And we mobilize that Facebook group that we created so that customers can support each other as well. And we're not just offering a one-way support route. Uh, we made that Facebook group a core part of our R&D, along with other forms as well. We focused our team around the customer experience. And to make sure that that always stayed in alignment, we aligned the business goals with the customer goals. And I'm going to break these two down a little further. But it's a lot. And... If you are adopting one thing from this presentation, please let it be these. Go home and pick up the phone or pick up Zoom and talk to one customer who recently subscribed and then also talk to one customer who recently left and ask them why. The reason I say that it is important to ask them why is because if you call a customer and you ask them, hey, what do you want to see in the product? They're going to tell you what they think they need. And it's the best type of information that they're available to give but they don't have the context of your roadmap or how your design principles work. They don't have the context of the rest of the feedback that you're getting. So asking why lets you really dig deep into what is it that they really need. And then once you have the core need, it becomes really um, easy to find the best solution, an elegant way to build it. And that is something that you know how to build and they don't. So one story that I want to share here is recently I talked to well, it started when the pandemic started and we were freaking out a bit because we saw a dip in usage. And we, the first thing that we did is what we know how to do. And we got on the phone with customers and we started asking them why they weren't using Flowdesk. And this happened, this, were, this was like a couple of days, right, of lower usage. And what we heard from them was that everything has, had changed so quickly uh, some of them were photographers and they were booking things and all of a sudden they knew that they needed to share some safety protocols and they didn't know how. Some were physical stores and all of a sudden they had to go online. So they weren't using it because they were paralyzed because there were all of these communication situations that were completely unprecedented and they had no idea how to handle that. And if you think about it, the customer that we serve is an entrepreneur that most of the time they're doing this alone. So they don't have a PR team. They don't have anyone telling them, hey, here's, here's how to communicate with them. So having that information gave us so much color into what was really needed. And then what we did was we partnered with a couple of customers who were already creating their own templates. Like, hey, here are safety protocols. Our business is still on. We're closing our doors, but we're moving online, right? And we created this collection of COVID templates in the platform. And that turned what could have been the really truly the lowest month for us into our biggest spike to that date and then up until today those are our templates are the most used in the platform so to recap talking to your customers all the time will help you understand what they really need and not just what they say they need how to really resonate with them and capture their attention and how to convert them from customers into true fans right because the goal is not to retain the customer anymore. Like that's something that you have to do if you want to grow, right? But the goal is to mobilize your customers so they can be aiding in your growth. 
And that takes us to customer-led growth. So customer-led growth allows the customer to drive proliferation, adoption, conversion, and retention alongside your company. The reason why this is something that can happen now and wasn't available a few years ago um, is that there is a shift that is happening. So in the past, uh, you would see mostly sales-led growth. Why? Because the decision-making would happen mostly at the executive level, right? So if you think of a company like Oracle, you would have uh, executives making the, the purchasing decision typically before seeing the product and after talking to a sales rep. And then after they would make the purchase, they would have the product implementation and then the rest of the company would adopt it. And then the end user would adopt it. Recently, we're seeing uh, companies that already understand the shift from that decision-making process. So now it is the end user that is making the decision. So we have companies like Dropbox who start getting it, right? And they, they create growth that is mostly based on the product doing the work. So users don't want to talk to sales reps anymore. They want to see the, the product for themselves and they want to try it before making that decision. So what do you get? You get uh, freemium, you get paywalls, you get in-product gamification, and that's what we've seen most companies do up until now, or at least the ones that really do get the power of the user making that end decision. And what we've seen already happening is customer-led growth, right? So, so not only does the end user not want to talk to the sales rep anymore, they want to try the product, right? But they also want to talk to other users. They want to see what they're doing with the product. They want to see where they're struggling with the product, like what, what good things and what bad things they have to say about it. And in customer-led growth, it becomes really important to understand where these conversations are happening organically, right? So that you can optimize those for growth. And if you think about it as well, just taking it one, one level deeper, we have a Gen Z, right, who is already entering the workforce. They already hold most of the buying power and 50% of this generation is already entrepreneurs and they're running online businesses. And this is a generation that grew up with a phone in their hand. They're digitally native. And they're used to talking to each other all the time online, right? So how do they make their decisions? They look at what others are saying online and what they're sharing and what others are using, right? And this becomes the way that they make their own purchasing decisions. So once we realized that if we focused our team around the ideal experience for our ideal customer, then in turn, that ideal customer will go out there and share that experience. When, once we understood this shift, then it really truly became about focusing our team and then optimizing that experience for growth. And then one thing that we did to take it even one step further, because what happens, we're growing a company. Right now we're very small, right? But, but we're adding people and, and we want to make sure that this is a core value that we continue to carry along. So then we aligned our goals to the customer goals. So we're successful when they're successful. That means that every single team member at the company is incentivized to prioritize, right? And to center that customer experience. And I'm gonna break, it, break this part down a little further. So here's how we aligned our goals. Um, let's just get in our customer's shoes for a second first. So our, our typical customer is a solo entrepreneur or they have a very small team, but if they have a small team, it's typically a virtual assistant. They don't have a design team. They don't have a marketing team or a tech team. So it's really 
difficult for them to find an email marketing tool that they can use, right? Because even the tools that are out there, they could use it, but they can't make something that's visually on brand. So when they find a tool that they can use to make the emails that they really want to send, we also win, we gain a new customer. When they find a template that inspires them, we onboard a customer. When they edit the template so they can make it on brand, uh, we give them the aha moment. And this is something that they were hoping for, but they had never experienced before. So when they get this aha moment, it's typically when they turn to Instagram and they share their story, right? And they share their creation. And this is like the first pizza, that first customer interaction that we're tracking. Then they add a form to their website, right? Because they want to start collecting subscribers and growing their list. It's the next thing they do and it's the next goal. And we make it so easy and that makes our product sticky. And then when they send an email to their audience, this is key because this is our viral loop. We get that viral loop. How? Because when they successfully use a product to send an email, then their entire audience gets that email, right? That means that all of these like thousands, sometimes millions of new customers are getting exposed to the final result of the product. And when they see this beautiful email and they notice, hey, this is something that I haven't seen before, I want to create it too, then they sign up and then they go through this entire flow, right? They hit their goals and then they send an email and they create another viral loop. So this is probably my favorite part because in a way it gets the brand exposed to millions of people every single day just because our customers were able to use the product successfully. So let's keep going. When they grow their list, we grow our viral loop. Why? Because that audience gets bigger and bigger, right? So our viral loop just keeps increasing. And when they make money, we retain our customer and we continue to make money, right? And this is just a summary. We have like a full map of how we mapped our goals, but this is just an example. So you can take it at home and you can start mapping your own goals and see if this is something that can work for you. So once we started noticing where these organic interactions were already happening, then we knew that all we needed to do was optimize our growth for each of these areas, right? Like optimize all of these interactions for proliferation, adoption, conversion, and retention. So let me break it down for you. Proliferation. So we listened to our customers, we understood the shift, and we knew very early on that they were already talking to each other, right? That's just the way that decision-making works nowadays. So to optimize that, we created a Facebook group on a community, right? Where they can talk to each other and find each other all the time. And then when they started sharing their experience on Instagram, right? When they would hit that aha moment, we started reposting that to our own channels. So what this did was it took the conversation that they were already having on social media to a place that we could own and optimize, right? And where we can actually help them better. And we also started reposting their experiences. So we made it really easy for new customers to find the relevant information that they needed from existing customers and sharing also encouraged more sharing behavior from new customers, right? So it encouraged that virality and it also gave new customers that relevant information right away. And here's a deeper dive into the viral loop. So uh, very early on, we would get on the phone with customers all the time as well. Uh, this is something that we've done from day one. And in talking to new customers, we found out that they were finding about Flowdesk for the most part uh, when they were receiving an email from an existing customer. And they were seeing something that they've never seen before. It was, it was very, very well made, very beautifully designed. And they were subscribed to this list before, so they would see that transition, right? 
and they would get really creative trying to figure out what they were using. So they would right click a link to get the URL, right? Or they would reply to the customer who sent the email and ask them what they were using. And then that's how they would find out and that's how they would sign up. So to optimize it, uh, we created this footer. You can see it in the, in the screen that says made with love and Flowdesk. And we knew that a lot of customers would turn off other footers because the design would get in the way. So we did a lot of experimentation and we got a footer that was uh, very minimal and would not get in the way of the design. And then we optimized it even further uh, by linking the customer's affiliate link to this footer, right? So now they're even more incentivized. And one thing that's pretty magical is that in the Facebook group, we've seen people ask, hey, do you leave your footer on? Do you turn it off? And there's hundreds of responses where other members are sharing why they leave it on. And we do have the majority of our members leave the footer on. And this is a key to our growth. Now, when it comes to adoption, Typically, you'll see companies uh, creating their own help centers and webinars, and this is great if you have a large team, but if you're a startup, chances are that you don't. And also, you're missing out on a really big customer-led growth loop here if you're not uh, doing what we, what we eventually found out that was the right thing to do. So what we knew from listening to our customers was that they wanted to talk to each other and learn from each other. At the same time, we were already seeing that our customers were creating full tutorial playlists on their YouTube channels on how they were using Flowdesk. So what we did to optimize it was we took all of that content and we put it at the center of our own onboarding flows. So if you sign up for Flowdesk right now, you will get a series of onboarding emails and they teach you everything that you need to know about how to get started. So how to create your first email, uh, how to embed your form, and what you see in those emails is all the customer content. So you'll see, hey, here's a video of how Natalie designed her first email. Or here is a tutorial on how Michelle onboarded her form into her Squarespace website, right? And these brought even more relevant information to them because it wasn't just coming from us. It was coming from other people who were just like them and were trying to do similar things. And another thing that's really important when it comes to, to this shift is that not only are they really good at asking questions of each other, but they're really good at marketing what they're using, right? So, so this is just another way to optimize that behavior. Conversion. So typically when you have conversion, you have a company that runs some offers or some campaigns, right? And you might be doing this right now. So uh, you'll see a website and you'll go on that website and it says something like, hey, get 25% off this week only. And then you sign up and you, all of that is done directly through that company. Uh, we've never done that because very early on, we realized that our own customers were already sharing their experiences, right? So what we did to optimize this for conversion was we created an affiliate program and we gave our customers a link that they could use to share a discount with their audience. And then they would get a free month with this link when, when someone would sign up. And then what we, what we saw was an, an increase in creation of content, uh, anything from why I switched to Flowdesk to here's a review to a tutorial, right? And then they would share their link. And we didn't ask for that, right? We just saw what was organically happening because of that shift. And then we optimized it by giving them value. One thing that I really want to share when we created our affiliate program, because I've worked with affiliate programs for a long time, and typically an affiliate program is 
based or built on exclusivity. So you'll have sometimes even an application that people have to fill and then they may get approved or maybe they don't. And it's counting on big influencers to talk about your product. And this is not what we wanted to build, right? We were betting on customer-led growth and we were betting on the core, like all of our customers to, to take part of these. So we made sure that every single customer had an affiliate link, whether they wanted to be affiliates or not, they didn't have to use it. And what happened was pretty awesome. Where our affiliate referral wins are coming from, over 75% of them are coming from small voices, right? From individual customers who are referring their friends, not influencers. So this was key, right? For growth. And lastly, uh, retention. So typically you'll have a support team, you'll have an account manager team. One thing that happened when we created that Facebook group was that now customers would start posting on that Facebook group when they were running into an issue. And then the result was that our own customers were replying to those questions and they were sharing how they had resolved the issue, right? Or maybe they were sharing, hey, I'm still running into that same issue, let's work on it together. And it created this really, really sticky community where a lot of times they're not even talking about the product anymore, they're talking about strategy. And I think one thing that's really important here is that small businesses are really underestimated a lot. And one thing we saw when the recession happened is how resilient they are. And I really believe that key in making sure that they're not churning is being able to put them in touch with each other and reinforce that community. Because if they're able to help each other out with a strategy piece, the piece that's really hard, then their success rate is just, I mean, I can share it. That's a full other presentation, but it's just game changing. So let's wrap it up with some takeaways. Takeaway number one, the future is customer-led and you have to aim for really truly understanding that customer and it is a workout and you have to do your daily reps and it is going to be the fastest way to know how to grow. Aim for founder market fit before product market fit because it is going to make it easier for you to make gut decisions that are actually going to land and it's going to save you a lot of time. And three, uh, don't underestimate the power of small voices. So if you think about it, our entire growth strategy, every single part of it is built on counting on our core customer base to really drive our growth. So uh, we made this decision to drive with inclusion and that has been key for our customer-led growth. And I wanna bet that that is key for any customer-led growth. Visit dell.com forward slash Saster for exclusive savings on Dell products and more information about the Dell for Entrepreneurs program. Everything from Dell Financial Services to Dell Rewards, Dell for Entrepreneurs wants to help your business run smarter through technology.